Welcome to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films every Friday morning from 9 to 10 a.m. Pacific and online at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. With his signature blend of scientific acumen, candor, and integrity, Dr. Anthony Fauci became America's most unlikely cultural icon during the COVID-19 pandemic, a world-renowned infectious disease specialist and the longest-serving public health leader in Washington, D.C. He has overseen the U.S. response to 40 years' worth of outbreaks, including HIV, AIDS, SARS, and Ebola. The film documentary Fauci delivers a rare glimpse into the long-standing professional career and personal life of the ultimate public servant. We're joined today by the co-directors of Fauci, and that would be John Hoffman and Janet Tobias. To both of you, welcome to Film School Radio. Thank you, Thank Mike. You. Glad to be with you. Yes, as well. Thank you so much. He seems like, from what I see in the documentary, what you can see of him in at these press conferences and such, to be a man who truly is a public servant. But I would think one who is also reticent to open up his private life to uh, cameras and to people coming in to uh, to talk to him about that. How did this get going? And was there, in fact, some reticence on his part? And I'll start with you, Janet. We were doing a film um, in South Africa around AIDS. And in doing that, obviously, I was interacting a lot with, with Tony and with Dr. Fauci. And in that, it became clear that someone should do a biographical film of him. So we asked at the very end of 2018 and started in the fall of 2019. And, and then, lo and behold, the pandemic happened. And with that, I was smart enough to know that we would be in a very complicated world and we needed to team up to do this. And so John and I teamed up with Story Syndicate. And Tony was very clear from the beginning of our filming during the pandemic that his work was paramount, that nothing could interfere with his work. And we always understood that and um, started quite slowly because of how intense uh, it still is, but was obviously incredibly intense in lockdown in March and April. Of last year, of 2020. Year. Yeah. And so you started this before we learned of COVID-19. Correct. Yeah. Yes, okay. Well, the fortuitous uh, timing, I mean, not certainly, obviously, the devastation that this uh, horrible disease has brought or virus has brought on us. But nonetheless, John, was there, were there parameters? Did he say this is off limits or feel free? Did you have that kind of restriction? Because it's a very full-bodied portrait of him. I'm just kind of curious uh, if he if he had any sort of reticence about it. Mike, documentaries are are built on trust. Uh, you you don't have a, a documentary about you know a living subject unless it's a trusting relationship. And uh, Janet, as you just learned, uh, had a history, Dr. Fauci, and and as did I. Uh, he and his wife both were in the last film that I made. Uh, with the NIH, uh, which is about the largest research hospital in the world, which is on the grounds of the NIH. And, and I have a long history going back to 2005 of making a number of, of, of very large films about the, the, the biggest health issues that Americans face, um, addiction, Alzheimer's, obesity. Dr. Fauci knew me, knew Janet, um, had worked with both of us. So we were starting with a tremendous level of trust. Um, and so uh, it's within 
that you know sort of environment with a solid foundation that the conversations about the nature of the film that we were making one in which um, if we're going to do a you know a full portrait of a man um, in which we would not only look at uh, you know the events of his life that shaped him in such such, such fundamental ways as you learn but we're also going to be a full portrait of the man today that everybody is experiencing every day on their televisions but there's that's not the appropriate you know, forum for really learning why he became this most trusted voice. Right. Um, and that for the film to work, he needed to let us in and, and that meant his family as well. And I think that uh, that trust relationship very gratefully, you know, existed throughout. We, I think we have some very unique material because of that. Yeah. The reason I'm a bit fixated on this part of our conversation is because he has been such a pinata for the crazies. I'm sorry. That's it. I'm editorializing here. But for that side of the equation and dealing with what happened with the outbreak of COVID and the virus and how he, Fauci, rose to the to the top of our consciousness in a way that I don't think he ever has. Going back to the HIV AIDS era, he certainly was a public figure, but this has really elevated his profile in ways which, which again, has made him a hero to most, but to some death threats and and accusations of all kinds of insane things about him. So I, I was just very curious in, in terms of that dynamic. But let's talk about his career. Let's go back to 40, you know, 40 years worth of his his public servants and uh, and how he is what has shaped him as a person. John, do you want to take where he came from in terms of how he became this renowned researcher and, and the things that we now know him for? When the HIV epidemic happened. Dr. Fauci was uh, one of the first people to recognize seeing, and you learn this in the film, seeing the earliest reports from the CDC of some unusual sort of appearances of opportunistic infections that really are, shouldn't be seen in young people. And then they see the pattern that they're in gay men. And he recognizes this faster than most, that something's wrong here. This shouldn't be happening. This has to be investigated. And he pivots and drops all of his other work and you know laboratory research that was going on at the NIH and says, I'm going to devote all my time to this. And, and his colleagues thought he was crazy. But he, as an infectious disease specialist, knew, and as also as someone who really understands the immune system, knew that something really very, very powerful was possibly and possibly an infectious agent was affecting people's immune systems. And so he changed everything. He devoted all of his work to that. And it wasn't that long after that, I mean, it was a, a couple of years, that he became the director of this institute at the NIH, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Diseases. You learn in the film and you see in the film that he really grows with this uh, epidemic. He has his laboratory, he has he's seeing a large number of patients on the grounds of the NIH in the hospital that's on the grounds of the NIH. Then the pandemic really is, is taking off um, and large numbers of people are dying. And the gay community is realizing that not, things are not happening fast enough. And if this was a disease that was you know, killing young people, if as one person says, Michael Hirsch says in the film, if 11 Boy Scouts had died, you know, the government would be behaving completely differently. And so he becomes the target. He becomes the object of all of the activists' anger. 
And this then sets in motion a, a relationship, a contentious relationship, a difficult, a complex relationship between that Dr. Fauci developed with these activists. But there are very unexpected twists and turns to that story that I, I hope people will watch the film. Thank you. Thank you for leaving it there because I do think that's important. Well, Janet Tobias, I want to talk about the how that particular part of his life prepared him in some way, either psychologically or intuitively, for what he has now been experiencing over the last year and a half to two years of dealing with the COVID, being the sort of the face of the, the scientific face of COVID-19. How yeah. did that inform him? I think he was tested in all of the four critical areas that he works. First, he is a doctor. He always defines himself as a doctor first. So as a frontline doctor in, in AIDS, he understood and was deeply affected by, by the loss of life, by the suffering. And he understood that in COVID. And the, as he said, that he always felt like he wasn't moving fast enough. And he knew that from being a frontline doctor. Secondly, in HIV, the scientific accomplishment of triple therapy is one of the great scientific accomplishments of finding drugs for a disease that was killing um, not that long ago, everyone. And so I think his understanding that the global scientific effort could produce an incredible result gave him the confidence to lead with vaccines that this would be possible. Thirdly, he, he had to learn how to communicate to a very diverse group of people who were, in many cases, epidemics not only of a virus, but of fear. So there was an epidemic of fear in HIV, and he had to learn how to communicate. And he became, our, I would argue, one of our most superb or the most superb communicator, and you could see that play out in COVID. And then, frankly, he spent... Um, during AIDS, he had to galvanize political support from both sides of the aisle a number of times in the U.S. and internationally. And so during COVID, he understood that to get things done, you work with all sorts of different types of people to accomplish what you need as a global health leader. So I think it plays out completely in every key area um, that he worked. And I think there is a little bit of a parallel. I don't want to make too much of this, but with the case of HIV AIDS, there was homophobia, there was uh, sort of a cultural issues to be sort of overcome and political issues, people who in some ways expressed it out loud that well, we're better off if there's less gay people in the world. I mean, that's an extreme position, but nonetheless, Ronald Reagan didn't mention it for many years well, as president. And now going forward now, you know, 30 years later, another president who didn't want to accept what the science was telling him or telling us, telling most of the people who know about these things and was resistant and uh, also didn't want to accept responsibility for what was happening in any way. So there, there is the other component. I mean, you mentioned it in terms of sort of building consensus, but in both cases, he was dealing with the, the president of the United States who did not want to hear it, who did not want to know what was going on. And that's a tremendously difficult thing to grapple with, especially in a position like him, who is has to be seen as, as a, a neutral arbiter, someone who has no political agenda in, at all. A difficult thing for him to navigate. Is that a fair assessment of where he is in terms of where he's been over these two different kind of uh, historic medical situations? 
I think that the way you put it, that it's it, this is hard to navigate. It is there's no question that these are conditions that it's hard for Tony to navigate. And and he speaks of it. His daughter speaks about how past administration was a condition unlike anything that Tony had ever experienced before. It's qualitatively different. But when you watch him on the daily you know, news appearances, he's just always speaking about the science. He, he never, ever veers from that because he's, he's, that's what he is. He's, the, he's now the president's chief medical advisor. He is trying to always help the audience understand that science is a, an ever-changing field and that it has to, you know, you change and you move with the evidence as the evidence demands it. And so if you are consistent with that, then you are a political and you, the attacks can come, but I think Jenny Fauci says it very well in the film. She doesn't know how her father does this, but he seems to package all that criticism up and just put it off the table and move on. And what I see is that Tony is the signal amidst the noise. And enough people, thankfully, are hearing that signal and that he is continuing to successfully shape you know, the public policy that will get us out of this pandemic. Thank you. That's uh, that's exactly right. And I want to convey to people, first of all, that the documentary is called Fauci. We're speaking with the co-directors, John Hoffman and Janet Tobias. It will be in theaters, uh, select theaters coming up on September 10th, and including uh, the Lemley Royal here in Los Angeles. Are you in town for a Q&A for any of this? or uh, I will be here Friday and Saturday for Q&As uh, at, at the theater, yes. Oh, fantastic. But I also want to convey, in terms of this wonderful documentary, Fauci, is that we get to see his accomplishments in the fields of infectious disease, how, how, how he has, first of all, been a pioneer. Anyone who spends a, a, a lot of time reading, what is that, morbidity and what was that name of that journal? Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report. Yeah, anyone who reads Morbidity and Mortality Weekly Report is a man dedicated to his profession, that's for sure. <laughs> and uh, and he, but he is the I believe it's referred to in the film as the uh, most published uh, researcher, one of the most published researchers in the world. Is that a fair? Is that right? There, there's that. He's appeared before Congress before more than any other person, and he's the longest um, serving public servant in our government. Well, there you go. And that is him. He's the quintessential public servant. I have a, a little bit of experience in, in government and, and, uh, I understand the travails, the rewards and the disappointments involved with public service. And, uh, I admire anyone who has taken this on because it is certainly not as easy as some people might think it is. It's a lot. It's a very difficult tightrope to walk as a public servant to do your job and to avoid all the all the as you put it noise is very very difficult. So, wow. Can, I mean, he's amazing, and we do get to meet his family. We understand a little bit where he came from and humanize him because I do think, as I said earlier, there's been a concerted effort to dehumanize him and to make him into something he's not. And uh, Congratulations for this film. I, I, I truly admire what you did here because you cover his career and certainly the period of time when he was dealing with the people who were uh, actively trying to find out why the government wasn't doing more about HIV AIDS. 
was a very difficult and trying time for a lot of people. And uh, I think that was a failure of the political class. I don't think it was a failure of the, the scientific class in this, in this effort. So thank you. Thank you both for, for the Fauci. And thank you so much for spending a little time with us. Thank you, Mike. Thank you. Thank you. We've been talking with the co-directors of the documentary film Fauci, and that would be John Hoffman and Janet Tobias. All the best. Thank you. You've been listening to Film School Radio, the on-air online showcase for the best in independent documentary and foreign films. You can find out more about the program at filmschoolradio.com. I'm your host, Mike Kaspar. Thank you for tuning in, and we'll see you next week with another edition of Film School Radio.